0: From Washington, this is the CQ Budget Podcast, your leading Capitol Hill source on how Congress allocates federal taxpayer dollars. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker.
1: And I'm Jennifer Shepp, budget and appropriations reporter.
0: And this is deadline day as we tape on Tuesday to figure out if there can be a COVID aid deal before the election. Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Set Tuesday as the day for whether to call it quits or or keep on plugging here in the in the coming days. Uh, and talks have been intensifying. There'll be new talks today. And I guess this is one of the more dangerous podcasts that we do, Jen, because we could easily be proven wrong in what we say here within a few hours if if uh, <laughs> depending on how things go today, but we'll give you our best take on how we see things shaping up right now which I think is fair to say doesn't seem too hopeful, right?
1: Right. And I think just one thing is that if they don't reach agreement today, they're not going to necessarily call it quits. Today is just the day that Speaker Pelosi said if her and Treasury Secretary Stephen Mnuchin cannot reach a bipartisan proposal on additional coronavirus aid by the end of today— that bill can't be drafted and legislative language can't be agreed to, kind of those nitty gritty in the weeds things before the election, right? They can't get this legislative draft out there to members to read and review before votes in the House and Senate before the election. But that does if they don't reach agreement today, that doesn't mean there's not going to be any more coronavirus aid. It's just probably going to happen in the lame duck session of Congress.
0: Yes, that's a good point. This is the deadline for deciding if they can do it before the election. Um, There's there's no question that these talks are going to continue. I mean, if if they don't get it now, the pressure for this deal keeps mounting on both parties, and clearly they're going to keep plugging away at this until they can get something done, most likely in the lame duck session, I think, but we'll see what happens today. And they are still talking, and boy, they keep passing language back and forth, trying to get stuff squared away. And yet the differences still seem so big here. And and then the problem is, even if the White House cuts a deal with Pelosi, Senate Republicans are just dead set against it, it seems like.
1: Yeah, this has been one of the really interesting dynamics of this negotiation. Typically, the president that's in the White House, whether or not they're Republican or Democrat, they want to be on the same page as their congressional leaders. And in this case, that would mean that President Trump and his sort of point negotiator, Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin, would be on the same page as Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. But they're in very different places. We've been hearing from Trump for a couple weeks now that he really wants to, quote, go big. Um, and when he was speaking on Fox News this morning, he said that he would like to spend more than the $2.2 trillion that was in House Democrats' latest coronavirus relief proposal that they put on the floor um, and voted across the House floor on October 1st. That is a very different place than where a lot of Senate Republicans are right now. The Senate this week is going to vote on Uh, I should probably say vote again on a pared-down aid package um, that includes somewhere roughly in the $500 billion ballpark of spending. It's very different from where negotiations are at right now. And when speaking with reporters on the Hill yesterday, uh, Senate GOP whip John Thune said that he thinks it's going to be really challenging to even get 13 Republicans to support any bill at the price tag the White House and Pelosi are at right now, meaning that if there's an agreement, even in the lame duck, Senate Republicans are so frustrated by this high price tag and some of the provisions that we know are in the spending negotiations right now, that it might not be able to get across the Senate floor, which would be a really sort of embarrassing thing for Trump and his negotiators if they reach an agreement on a big bipartisan coronavirus relief bill, and they can't get, you know, their Republican senators on their side for this, you know, that would be a very problematic situation, especially if we also have, you know, changes in power dynamics coming as a result of the elections.
0: Yeah, the disconnect between Trump and Senate Republicans has been really jarring in these last few days, uh, because they seem to keep being pulled pulled farther apart from each other, not not closer together, although there may be some reason to think that if they get a deal between the White House and Pelosi, then Mitch McConnell gets on board because he, anything bipartisan that he he can push through, he'll he'll help the White House push through and he'll persuade enough of his caucus to maybe squeak it through. But it'd be a heavy lift. There's no question about that.
1: Yeah, and a really important thing to pay attention to with Mitch McConnell is that he is very careful about his language. He typically doesn't talk to reporters in the hallway. His press conferences are very controlled affairs. Um, and so in his statement that he put out over the weekend about negotiations um, and sort of announcing these Senate votes this week on the Paycheck Protection Program bill and the sort of what some people are referring to as a skinny coronavirus aid bill, He said that the Senate would consider a package that comes out of negotiations between Pelosi and Mnuchin. Consider in the Senate does not mean floor vote. Um, And so that is something that a lot of people have pointed out. And sort of commented on and reporters on the Hill on Monday were asking him to clarify that. And he didn't, you know, he didn't come out and say, yes, I consider, I mean, I will hold the vote on it. I will put it on the floor. So there's still some speculation there, even though Trump really remains adamant that if Mnuchin and Pelosi reach a deal, um, that he can magically get all these Republicans to change their mind, including Mitch McConnell, which I don't necessarily think could be the outcome here.
0: And McConnell's always been a shrewd operator and hedges his bets, and he probably doesn't want to go out on a limb and promise a vote because he may need to see take the temperature of his caucus here when a deal gets done to see if, if, if the votes are there for it. And so that's why he's probably hedging right now. He's, he's usually very careful about those things, and he's certainly being careful on this one, which does tell you something. It does tell you that he knows that his caucus and Trump are far apart from each other um and so that's that's going to be a tough nut to crack, I think. So as you said, Jen, he is McConnell is moving forward on his own here um, next two days with their own legislation that they can tout before the election to show that they're supportive of some coronavirus relief, just not as much as as Democrats or Trump want. on Tuesday as we tape, they're going to try to hold a vote again on a new round of of uh, money for the Paycheck Protection Program, which gives the forgivable loans to small businesses, there's about 258 billion dollars that that are that's in that bill to provide a second round of those of those small business loans. That's supposed to come up on Tuesday. Uh, I would expect it to be blocked again because Democrats will say we can't do this piecemeal and there's not enough money, and we need to we need a much bigger package. And then on Wednesday, McConnell's gonna push through the same, basically the same bill he offered last month, uh, which is his, his targeted, his so called bare bones relief package. That is, mo- it's, it's about $650 billion of aid, we think, overall, but about half of that gets offset with some unspent money that they're clawing back. So, uh, pretty small, you know, a net cost of about $300 billion is pretty small. Uh, in the scheme of coronavirus relief packages we've had in the trillions. So um, that's that's the, their own attempt by Senate Republicans to show support for coronavirus relief without, um, without busting the bank, as they would put it. Um, and so that undoubtedly uh, fails on the Senate floor, I think is safe to say, because Democrats are having none of it. And you can't advance anything without 60 votes in the Senate. And that means getting Democrats on board, which isn't happening here. So that'll be another show vote to look forward to this week. Uh, and the main question being, is a bipartisan deal in the cards here this week? And f- I think it's safe to say it's not r- immediately. And so then we don't know. Does these negotiations just drag on? Do they call them off for a while and then come back to them in the lame duck? Um, you know Pelosi says she's pushing for a deal, but there hasn't been much give, and and the White House has expressed some real frustrations in recent days. We should say that for all of Pelosi's harping to get a deal done, they think she just hasn't budged since her two point two trillion dollar figure from a few weeks ago. That's still sort of where she is, and actually, uh, the the Democratic bill it turns out is actually a little more expensive than was advertised because. The Congressional Budget Office came back and said it's actually $2.4 trillion, not $2.2 trillion. Democrats are still calling it $2.2 trillion. Um, But that's roughly where she is, and she hasn't budged. And and the White House has has been inching up very gradually, but not enough to meet what Democrats want.
1: Yeah, and I think one of the important things to note here is that Pelosi has been getting a little bit of pressure from within her conference to reach an agreement with the White House, a lot of her moderate Democrats do want to be able to campaign in these last, you know, few days and weeks at this point, um, to, you know, be able to tell their constituents that they actually were able to reach agreement on an aid package and not just do these sort of show votes that the House and Senate are both participating in. And so one of the things that I found pretty interesting yesterday is that Pelosi's deputy chief of staff, He has been tweeting out kind of short readouts from her calls with Secretary Mnuchin. Um, And one of the things that he wrote yesterday was that in this call, um, they continue to narrow their differences um, and that the speaker has tasked committee chairs um, to reconcile differences with their GOP counterparts on key areas. And so that was the first time we've officially heard from Speaker Pelosi's office um, that some of these issues have kind of gone back to the committee chairs and ranking members to work out, which to me would signal that her and Mnuchin have signed off on several provisions in principle and that now committee leaders and committee staff are really writing that into legislative text. So that, that can then be sent back up to Speaker Pelosi and Secretary Mnuchin for them to say, okay, this legislative text, this legalese works, or no, we need to tweak this. And we know we have some of those issues going on already with this national coronavirus testing strategy that Pelosi and other Democrats have been really focused on um, because Treasury Secretary Mnuchin said last week that, you know, they were going to mostly agree to the Democrats' language with a few tweaks but then when they sent that to Pelosi's office, Pelosi's office said, you know, about 55 percent of that was changes to text. And that a lot of things moved um, from words like shall to words like may, which they are uncomfortable with. And so even when you can get kind of high level agreement on a dollar figure, there is still a lot of legislative text to be worked out in these negotiations. Um, but the important thing here is that they're sort of doing that side by side with negotiations, um, so it seems like once they reach a deal, the bill won't be that far behind, which is a strategy they used earlier in March when they did the CARES Act.
0: Yeah, but these policy disputes can can hold things up, as we know. My sense is they are sort of getting a little closer on this, this virus testing language. It seems like they're they're tweaking that and 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 they could get something done there. The question is how many other unresolved issues are there? You know and, and still hanging out there is this whole debate over over liability protection for employers that opened during the pandemic that McConnell is gunning for and Democrats really resist. That's a huge policy hurdle that, that I still haven't heard that there's any resolution to. So it's things like that that could hold things up too and and makes makes a deal happening today seem pretty unlikely um, but we'll see we'll see what happens by by nightfall and or later on as to where we are.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a, it's probably going to be a late night.
0: I'm, I'm thinking so. That does it for us today. If you have any questions or comments about our podcast, we'd love to hear from you. You can always drop us an email. The address is cqpodcast, one word, at com. The CQ Budget Podcast is produced by CQ Roll Call, a leader in nonpartisan political and policy news and analysis for more than 70 years. CQ Roll Call is part of Fiscal Note, a global technology and media company. Thank you all for listening. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker.
1: And I'm Jennifer Shutt, budget and appropriations reporter.
0: You can always stay up to date by subscribing to the CQ Budget Newsletter. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, NPR One, or just Google the phrase CQ Budget Podcast. And we'll be back next week.